Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Robert, along with my co-host for the last five and a half years, R.G. Seal. Welcome to the Rockets Jazz Game 5 postgame show, and it's a happy one. The Rockets finally take care of the Jazz. Well, it took them five games, but it felt so much longer after those games up in Utah. The final score in this one, and it was a close one, 100-93 to Rockets. They didn't make it easy again, RG. I mean, this one, it, it just didn't even look like they were ready to go for the second or for the second of the last three games. And it's uh, it, it was frustrating to watch. Frustrating, but fortunately they pulled it out because I know everybody on Friday has already made plans to do something. They didn't want to have to sit home and, and watch a game six from Utah, especially with the Avengers coming out this weekend, right? Everybody's going to be at the movie theater. So uh, people would prefer to watch the Avengers and then watch the Rockets uh, play what's most likely going to be the Golden State Warriors in the first game of the West Western Conference semifinals on Sunday, it looks like. But to your point, yes, very kind of lackluster effort. It seemed to me like the Rockets, once they went up with 3-0, it was just like, okay, we're going to win this series anyway. Uh, they, they, you know, were outplayed and out-hustled in Utah. Give credit to Utah. Utah, again, didn't back down. They had, get a, a really good defensive effort against the Rockets, had intensity, hustle. Their shots just didn't fall late. Credit the Rockets for finding a way to pull this one out, advance to the next round, but they're obviously going to have to correct some of these things. They can't afford lapses like this versus the Warriors. Yeah, that was the thing. You're watching this game and you're going, hey, if they're doing this against the Warriors, they're down by 30 in the first half. You, you can't have these uh, lapses where guys are wide open for three. I, I get it. Ricky Rubio, Jay Crowder maybe, but not after last game. You can maybe leave those two guys open at times. Definitely Rubio, of course, but hey, Ruby, R- Ricky Rubio, I have to interject here, though. I mean, I know he missed that wide open three and air ball, but I mean, he was two of four on threes tonight. And I mean, he was penetrating. He played really good defense. He was really good throughout the series. And uh, I mean, just wasn't part of a team that was good enough to beat the Rockets. But I- yeah, I'm not trashing his total game. I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah. he's the guy that I, I, I'm just saying that the Rockets defense, it was designed to give him open three-pointers, and I, right, I can understand right. that. You and, know? The, and the guys that miss the shots that usually – I mean, Joe Inglis is usually a Rockets killer. His three didn't really fall this series, right? We've seen that over the year. Oh, my gosh, like why are you leaving Inglis wide open on this team? And then you, the other one is uh, you know Donovan Mitchell. He, he's a guy that, you know, of course, the fourth quarter of the last game, he was sensational, and his shots didn't fall uh, late to, in this last game, this closeout game. So there were some things that were definitely, you know, different about Utah. But you have to at least say they were tenacious. They kept fighting until the end. They didn't wave the white flag like a lot of teams would. So you, you kind of have to credit the Utah coaching staff and the players for continuing to play hard. But like you said, it's still worrisome that the Rockets weren't able to kind of like at least show that energy enthusiasm. I mean, both Kevin Harlan and and, and Reggie Miller said this this crowd even seems not into it, and the, and that this team lacks kind of intensity and energy early on. I mean, everybody noticed it. It was pervasive in the building and that's what you like you said you can't have that versus the Warriors yeah it was a weird thing I, I, I want to address the crowd situation because th- that was definitely something uh, Bernie Sanders had a rally a couple hours before the game I don't know if that affected things the Astros were playing at the same time just down the street at Minute Maid so with traffic the game was early by Jazz Rocket standards because it actually started when a Rockets game normally does so a lot of factors there 
but also just for the Rockets crowd, for the people that are there. You know, I, I credit everybody. If you're a fan, you pay good money to go. Hey, I, I'm not going to get after you too much. But in these playoff games, you cannot wait until the Rockets give you a reason to cheer. Go watch the other games. Go watch Portland and Utah and Oklahoma City. They come out of the gate. They're ready to go. Even if the place isn't filled up, you know, even a, you know, 15,000 people are there, say, or 12,000 people. That's enough. That's enough to get excited about. I mean, the Rockets need the fans to, you know, get into the games earlier. I mean, that's, that's, it's always been a frustration for me with Rockets crowds uh, in the playoffs. I mean, is that, is that true, RG, or am I making that up? Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I guess you got to pretend like you're going to an Ariana Grande concert or you're pretending you're going to a, a Maroon 5 concert or a Rolling Stone concert. I mean, depending on what listener age group we have here, uh, you know, but you got to get into it. Like you, you see them, you're, you know, this, you know, these, this is your home team. This is a playoff crowd, you know, I mean, excuse me, excuse me, it's a playoff game. So, you, I mean, that's you have to bring that intensity from the get go. You mentioned it. Portland. I mean, that series, that's a decided home court advantage. We know in Utah, we've seen that over the years, decided home court advantage. Those fans are into the game right when it starts. And I, again, I don't want to knock Houston fans. Houston fans are great. They're the best. I mean, the, the I think part of it is what you had said. It was you know, some other things going on in town, plus the, the unusual starting time. Those were factors. And I just think in all overall lethargy, uh, because of the fact, kind of mentioned it earlier, the Rockets were up 3-0 in this series. There was this kind of expectation. Oh, yeah, they're going to close it out. OK, when are they closing it out? Can we just move on and get to the Warriors? So there were some things. But again, like, you know, crowd also, again, Houston the best fans in the sport, you know, some of the best fans in the around the country. I think they'll they'll be into it, of course, against the Warriors. But yeah, you have to you have to have that energy, and also because the players feed off of that. So if the crowd can get really excited, and the Rockets did start off with an 8-0 start, and then it just kind of like, you know, again, they probably thought 8-0 start, this is going to be easy tonight, and then what kind of hit them? And it's a game, and it's going down the last seconds in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's a long game. You you can't assume that. You know, just it's going to continue that way. The Jazz are in the playoffs for a reason, no doubt. We, we've gone over the Debbie Downer stuff, but look, the Rockets did more than we expected. They got rid of the Jazz in five games, and I'll just give some positives that I'll take from this game and this series going forward. First of all, Clint Capella. We're not going to see this Clint Capella, I think, the next series because hopefully he's slowly getting this stuff out of his system. He's got a few days to rest now. I don't think the next game will start until – or the next series will start uh, until Sunday. So that's a good sign. He looked a little bit better in in this one. Capella finished with 16 points, 10 rebounds. Also, another thing that I like, Daniel House started to hit some threes later in this game. He, He needs to shake it off start hitting those outside shots because if Daniel house can make three point shots, that opens it up for his drive game. And unlike a lot of the Rockets, three point shooters, not Eric Gordon, of course, not James Harden, but a lot of the Rockets, three point shooters, they're not good at driving to the basket. Uh, Trevor Ariza would scare the hell out of you when he would drive to the basket. But Daniel house, once he starts hitting three point shots and they get scared of him, he can pump fake. He can go to the basket. There will be no Rudy Gobert the next series. So that's a good sign. Next thing that I liked, RG, Eric Gordon consistently, all series long, he was hitting three-point shots. Let's hope that continues because he was fantastic from outside in this series. He's been really good to end the season. This is not just like a few-game stretch. This is a few-month stretch for Eric Gordon. 
in anything that you saw that was good going forward into the Golden State series? Well, I, I like the fact in the second half with Chris Paul started to, you know, take over as well when he was uh, able to uh, drive and penetrate and, and hit those, you know, mid-range jumpers that he does. I mean, that's going to be key because we know, remember game seven last year and, and game game four against Utah this year. I mean, the Rockets can go cold from three. And so it's just nice to know that they're that like if Chris Paul's in there, that he can, he still has that mid-range game. He can drive to the basket. And it's kind of interesting what they did with James Harden, too, like what, uh, you know, Milwaukee did uh, earlier. I mean, Utah was guarding behind the three points. So he couldn't do the step back three. And instead, you know, he he could he can drive the lane now and do those floaters or, you know, find ways to to get the easy two. So, I mean, there's there are going to be opportunities in this upcoming series. Again, I mean, it's it's going to be a chess match between the two teams. But that's at least I like seeing when Chris Paul, you know, can can get going and and, and play kind of with that ability like you and then also you know pj tucker i you know may, you know he kind of had his moments in this series but again at the end of the game coming up big with rebounds and you know getting in there even though he missed the two free throws and he had another couple of free throws and he made those i think he's going to be key in this upcoming series i mean he always does the dirty lunch pail work he's going to have to do that against golden state and uh, so yeah and then of course I mean, the thing we haven't mentioned yet is uh, really about James Harden. And it, really, the last couple of games, it, you know, been kind of he hasn't been the James Harden that we saw during the regular season. And some people say, oh, it's playoff James Harden. Here we go again. But, you know, he ended up with uh, 20, 26 points for the game. And, you know, he had some big shots in the fourth quarter. So if he can at least, you know, maybe gets these couple of games out of the system where it's not always falling for him, where he struggles, but, you know, comes through late you know that's that's what superstars do they find a way even if like mike d'antoni said post game i don't care if he you know goes next game games and zero for 30 well you don't want that in the playoffs of course but what he was saying is that this guy needs to still keep shooting this guy needs to go out and play his game and it's eventually going to happen he's just too great of an offensive player so that again that's going to be key moving forward now i want to say that this is about the jazz defense but james harden had more fouls than free throws almost this entire game, which, okay, maybe it's partly the Jazz defense, but, I mean, the Rockets are at home. It's a playoff game. You would figure James Harden might might have gotten a few more calls than he got. I mean, there was not a lot that I saw that was really blatant, but it, it was bizarre. The, the whole way this series felt with the referees the last three games specifically, it just seemed like, the refs didn't know how to officiate the game because the game wasn't in a flow. The Jazz got it out of a flow. The Rockets helped them at times get it, you know, out of a flow. But I, I feel like it's going to be a different type of games or different type of uh, series and a different type of game that you're going to see in, in Golden State. It's going to have more of a flow to it. We're going to see maybe more typically what we see from a Rocket style of basketball, more up and down. There's going to be uh, more plays where James Harden might get, you know, hit on on the arm like you would typically see him, you know, in a regular season game when he's trying to drive to the basket or something like that and and, and get those calls, of course, too. But with the Jazz, they were just like, well, we don't have to foul them because we have Rudy, Rudy Gobert. The, uh, uh, one of the things that I, that I did see that I liked from James Harden in this game was the floater, RG. It, it, was, it was back a little bit towards the end of the game. And, and you needed to see that. Because I thought that was such a key for the Rockets in the playoffs this year that something that could be totally different for James Harden, you know, he doesn't have to rely on fouls when he goes to the basket. The floater 
gave him some diversification. Again, I got to credit Rudy Gobert, though, because I think he was changing the angle and the trajectory because Gobert was such a presence. But he's done that all season long, and you're right about that. That's something he added to his game. It's like, you know, I've got to be able to, if if, if the three-point shot's not there and I, I drive and I don't get the foul, have that floater. Is, is there another thing that I can add to my arsenal? And that's what James Harden's done. And, yeah, it, it is. It's something, again, coming up against the, the Warriors, with likely opponent here again. Uh, I, I agree with you, too. It's going to be a different type of series. It, it'll be more kind of what we're accustomed to seeing. Because, I mean, Utah is a great defensive team. I mean, Rudy Gobert in the post, uh, you know, they have really tenacious defenders out there. I mean, that Royce O'Neal, uh, the guy gave problems throughout the series. I mean, again, like another wing defender that was out there that was was causing problems when he came off the bench. I mean, a Jay Crowder. I mean, you had guys out there who are, are, are you know, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, guys who are good defensive players, even Ricky Rubio. We mentioned him before, too. So, I mean, it was a, it was a difficult series, at least on the defensive side, with the Rockets having to battling, get shots off. I mean, but that's what the Jazz do. That's their game. They aren't the great offensive club. They're not the top, you know, three offensive club in the NBA that's going to be you know, going in and getting a bunch of threes and, you know, easy shots and making, you know, these high scoring games. I mean, they are, you know, grind it down, defensive effort, you know, win ball games that way. So, I mean, again, the Rockets going to get a different type of opponent versus the Warriors are going to get the champions getting, you know, and again, they can't make those mistakes where they have the turnovers like in tonight's game. Agreed. They can't have those turnovers against the oh, the turnovers were terrible. And Utah's length had a lot to do with it. Again, I think sometimes we get caught up and taking a look at things from a Rockets perspective, you don't give the other team credit. Utah, you know, it's one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. There's a, there's a reason for that. They were up there right with the Rockets in the last few months of the season, really laying down defense and, and doing a great job with that. The Rockets bench in this game, you know, you go through it. Kenneth Fareed, he was a minus five on, on plus minus on the court. Daniel House, minus nine. Nene, minus five. Austin Rivers, minus 12. Gerald Green, minus seven. Those guys... They've got to start stepping up. They got to start making some shots. They got to show a little bit more consistency. I mean, you're not always going to get that from the bench, but I mean, that's a big deal. Even a bigger deal, RG, Chris Paul. I mean, you got to get more from Chris Paul from a shooting perspective. Yes, he was uh, big in the fourth quarter in this game, made a couple of big shots, but he was six for 16 in this game overall. He did not shoot well at all from three point range as you know he had come into the playoffs and he was starting to really play well as far as uh from the outside making those shots and just didn't see it in this series and you know that's what you worry about you know how much does Chris Paul have left in the tank how are his legs and you know three-point shots all about legs and when you're playing defense in the playoffs and that style of basketball where it gets a little bit more rough and tough and and you can't relax on any play on any possession on any any second you know, it's going to take take its toll on somebody like Chris Paul at his age, at his size. I, I thought Chris Paul in the second half, I mean, he showed, again, some some flashes of brilliance there. I mean, and, and it, he has times when, yeah, that he's looked, again, we mentioned this during the regular season when he when he was had those kind of like where it was potentially, a, you know, looking, showing the signs of age, looking potentially maybe on the downside of his career. But I also saw flashes during the playoffs here where the, this is superstar Chris Paul when he's out getting steals, when he's, uh, you know, engineering the offense, uh, uh, on, uh, you know, penetrating, getting his shot off, being able to make clutch shots when you need them, you know, when it's a tight game and there's a there's a, a two point mid range shot. I mean, that's the Chris Paul they're going to need against the Warriors. He showed that last season when he was out the final two games. 
I mean, the Rockets collapsed. They didn't have that. So again, with with James Harden, maybe finding other ways to 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 score, as we mentioned earlier, with the floater, and then Chris Paul with his mid range game. I mean, because there are going to be some times when the Rockets threes are just not going to fall, and that's where I mean, Chris Paul's always been a guy who can go out and and find ways to score, find ways to get his teammates involved. And, uh, you know, and make clutch shots himself. So, yeah, it is going to be a key. But I think closing out in 5-2 where you now have if the Golden State, if it doesn't go seven games, then this first game is going to be on Sunday, which means uh, the Rockets closing out on Wednesday night. They'll have Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So three complete days. And then they'll play that one game. And then there'll probably be a second game in the middle of the week. You know, usually that's kind of how it works. So at least if he can get some rest, get Chris Paul rested and ready. I mean, a lot of people have said maybe it's advantageous the Rockets get the Warriors earlier because if they are going to play them, I mean, Chris Paul, you haven't had the the wear, the long uh grind throughout the playoffs, the seven game series. So now, you know, they'll have three days rest fresh off a five game series with Utah and can go and play the Warriors. All right. Now, uh, not much going on the rest of the series uh, around the NBA, except. Well, 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 I I wanted before we move on to the other series, I wanted to ask you about something because, I mean, all all this time you've been. Oh, well, as far as the bench goes and you kind of mentioned it a little bit briefly. But, you know, Kenneth Reed only had a couple of minutes in, in the game. And do you think that's kind of a sign of things to come? Or was it just, okay, Nene wanted to put him in there uh, this evening because of Rudy Gobert? I mean, what did you think about that? And then kind of like the use of Gerald Green. So uh, do you think Kenneth Reed will be used more in the upcoming series? Uh, they have one against Golden State. How do, you, how do you see the bench, the guys coming off the bench in the Golden State series? I think it has a lot to do with matchups. I mean, I knew that going into the playoffs. I, I think you knew that going into the playoffs too. I, I'm surprised you're asking me this because we knew that Kenneth Reed might not play as much in this Utah series. I, I was surprised that they went to Kenneth Reed a little bit. Over Nene, not not totally, but, you know, this is a, a team with some length and a bigger team. When you play Golden State, I think we're going to see a lot more small lineups. I mean, they're, they're not uh, quite as big, you know, in the middle. So I, I, I'm guessing that we're not going to see much of Nene because if you start switching with Nene against Golden State or if you get stuck in that, you're totally screwed because he, he can't guard Steph Curry or you know, Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant or any of those guys along the perimeter. And if you look at what happened in this series, uh, when he got stuck on Ricky Rubio or somebody outside, you were scared to death. I mean, you were just hoping somebody could get over there and help him quick enough because then they would go to the basket, beat him to the basket and get an easy layup. So, I mean, I, that's going to be uh, the big deal with with uh, Nene is just, you know, defensively, you, you can't really switch uh, as much with him and Golden State. And, and a lot of times you got to switch with Golden State because if you give them even a breath, even a second, even a millimeter, that three's up in the air and gone and it's too late. So, yeah, in this next series, I don't expect to see Nene play at all unless Kenneth Fareed gets hurt or something happens with Clint Capella, knock on wood. But So you, your guys coming off the bench then are going to be Austin Rivers, Daniel House, of course. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna, it could be the usuals, but, you know, I actually could see Shepard getting some more playing time because uh, his length and his defense and, you know, Gerald Green, you know, he just has his moments. And I think there, there's going to be a point where Instead of going to Gerald Green at at some point in this series, he might go to D'Antoni. Might go to Shumpert. We saw Shumpert a little bit in this series. It, he had a couple of moments there uh, late in a couple of games, but they were more uh, games that the Rockets had under control. I, I could see them going to him earlier in games, though. 
I just think that there's going to be a need to be some definite. I, I mean, of course, the starters are going to get the majority of minutes. We know that the, the main five that are going to be out there playing 35, 40 minutes a game. But I mean, they, they, they they're going to need to get some, especially what we're expecting will be a, a six or seven game series against a team like the Warriors. They're going to need to get some productivity off the bench. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. As far as like they're going to be going, it'll depend on matchups and who's playing well. And yeah, Gerald Green or Iman Schumpert or, you know, I think Austin Rivers, of course, will get minutes and Kenneth Fareed over at Nene because of what you mentioned in the switching and Daniel House being able to, again, hitting those threes kind of at the end of this uh, this series. But hopefully that can jumpstart him. He's gotten some playoff experience now. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the bench is going to have to contribute. Everybody's going to all hands on deck in order to beat a team like the Warriors. Yeah, going back to what I was talking about before, though, the the, the big play in last night's game or and maybe the playoffs that we've seen so far, the play of the playoffs, without question, was that Dame Lillard shot from about 40 feet. And the good news, if you're a Rockets fan, is now that shot against the Rockets is not the Damian Lillard shot that you're going to see at the beginning of every highlight of his playoff career. It has now moved to a distinct and a certain number two after that one. Did you see that one? Oh, of course. I mean, I mean, that was like the shot heard around the NBA, right? Uh, you know, I mean, LeBron James is making Space Jam now, right? And uh, we basically found a guy that could shoot it from outer space. It's uh, Damian Lillard. I mean, the guy right there. And then, you know, he did the bye-bye. That's all, folks, too, even. I mean, he's perfect for that part. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was one of the greatest closing shots, game-winning shots that I've ever seen in, in, in the NBA. Just just pure game-winning shot. And it was a series-clinching shot. Set the Oklahoma City Thunder home. Uh, yeah, pretty just pretty incredible to watch. And it's it's also amazing to think that, okay, who is probably the toughest matchup for the Rockets if you're looking beyond Golden State, if they can get beyond Golden State? I mean, it was always going to be, oh, well, do they have to face Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City seems to have the Rockets number this year. You know, Portland would be a tough matchup too, you know, especially the way that Damian Lillard with his 50 points and superstar level of play. But, uh, you know, it's nice seeing the Oklahoma City get knocked out of the playoffs. And now you have to wonder, three straight uh, first round exit, what's going to happen with Oklahoma City? Are they going to break up the team around the, you know, I mean, I'm, they're going to bring Russell Westbrook and, and Paul George back. But is it Billy Donovan coming back? I mean, some of the other players are way over the cap. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that team. Portland's everybody's darling now, aren't they? I mean, it's that's going to be the team I think that's going to be America's team in the playoffs because you know they've got a really good chance here to get to the Western Conference Finals. And Lillard, Lillard is uh, you know he's such a fun guy to watch. He's kind of uh, the Northern West Coast version of Steph Curry, making you know these crazy long distance shots, and he can drop forty and fifty on you in a, in a heartbeat. And he's kind of an interesting guy, and he's a fun guy. And there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes with him that you start reading about, you know, some of the stuff that he's done for people. And I, I think he, he gave their – he had the whole Portland Trailblazer team give their entire two, 2017 playoff share to the, the staff, the behind-the-scenes staff, the guys that, you know, don't, don't normally get a ton for the work that they do behind the scenes with the Trailblazers. So – yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be somebody that everybody's going to attach to, and in, in, in an NBA that's like, hey, I'll, let's join up. We're we're buddies. Let's all join up. Let's all. Hey, you're you're good. You're great. I'm great. Let's join. You know, you, you know what he said. Yeah, the when, Avengers, the superhero teams, right? Yeah. Well, you remember what he said when when all that happened with the uh, 
those guys, the, the different, some of the different teams joining up, he said, nah, that's not, I'm not that kind of guy. You know, I'm, I don't want to do that. I want to try to do it here where I'm at and try to do it with my own guys. That's old school. Yeah, that's definitely, he's from Oakland too. So he's from, you know, the, the Gary Payton and uh, some of those other guys that have, uh, you know, come from the Oakland area, great basketball training ground. So I would favor Portland. I'm, I don't know what your feelings are versus either. I know Denver would have the home court, but I still like the way Portland's playing right now. I'd favor them over either the Nuggets or the Spurs to get to the Western Conference Finals. And if they're there, I agree with you. I think that they will be America's team because, A, there are a lot of people that are tired of seeing the Warriors in the finals every single year, even though, you know, for many years, they were, it's still Steph Curry and KD and all that. But to have a team upset them in the Western Conference Finals, plays a fun style of basketball with an entertaining superstar like Damian Lillard. Yeah, that would definitely be something. Or against the Rockets. As we know, we're all Rockets fans. We love them. But there are a lot of people that don't like James Harden and his style of play. And, you know, others that, you know, aren't big fans of Chris Paul either if he's not on your team. So... Uh, you know, you have to think that whoever plays against the the at least against the the Blazers in a Western Conference Finals uh, would be wearing the the black hat versus you know the good guy white white hat. If we're talking about old westerns, right? <laughs> Are you gutsy enough to predict the Rockets in this next series? Can you you going to do it? Are you you going to pick first? Sure, I'll pick the Rockets. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say the Rockets are going to somehow figure out a way to pull this out in six games. They need to, they're going to, I, I think it's going to, it's going to have to happen on the home floor. So they, they need to, you know, get one of these first two games and then you're going to have to take care of business at home from there. And then I, yeah, I think that's the way you're going to have to do it. They're going to have to figure out a way to get one of these first two games. And maybe you can catch Golden State uh, at home a little bit off. And sure, I'll do it. I'll pick them in six. I mean, we are picking Golden State. I mean, as we're recording this, they still have not beaten the Clippers. So, like, lo and behold, but we're expecting all that. Everybody's expecting the champions to advance the next round. So, I can't go with you there as much as I would like to and be uh, Houston. I'd, I'd still, in this upcoming series, I'd still pick Golden State in seven games just because of the fact of, you know, I'm, the Rockets have played really well over the second half of the season. And Golden State does look vulnerable, but with that home court advantage and just the the fact that, you know, they've been able to get by the Rockets, uh, uh, you know, before and they're just the champions. And I I would just take them in seven. So I hope I'm wrong. I definitely would like to see the Rockets go to the Western Conference Finals and did the NBA Finals and win a championship. But if you're asking me to pick, that's what I'm going to pick. Yeah, there was a lot of hemming and hawing there. You didn't want to do it. I could tell you didn't really want to. Make but we ought to be a little bit contrarian here. So you have the Rockets and I'm rooting for the Rockets and I picked the Golden State Warriors in seven. So one of us will be right as far as who advances. And I hope it's you. I actually really hope that you're the white one in this case. <laughs> Oh, man, we've been looking forward to this for a whole year for it to happen again. They're right where they want to be. They're facing Golden State. They're trying to, you know, get to the to the championship uh, series, the finals. And, uh, you know, even you get past this one, there's no guarantees. Maybe Portland is dangerous. I'm, I'm not worried about Denver if they get past this, but uh, Portland would would concern me a little bit after maybe an exhausting Golden State series. But, you know, if you can just get figure out a way to to win one of these first two games that's going to be huge like i said and and maybe get uh the sweep at home in houston that that would be uh i think that's the way to to win the series you don't want it to go back to golden state for game seven and be at oracle and they're you know that's just you don't want that to happen so 
hopefully the Rockets can figure out a way that they win the game five, uh, get the sort of sweep against Utah. I don't know what you call it, but the, get them in five games in the final score, 193. Uh, stay tuned as we're going to continue to give you the post game for the Rockets throughout the playoffs uh, right here. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there, listener. Are you a fan of Houston Cougar Athletics? Well, Sam and I have got the perfect podcast for you. It's the Scott and Holman Podcast. Yeah, we're talking all things Houston Cougars, in-season, off-season, recruiting, on-field results. If it's Houston Cougars, we're talking about it. So search Scott and Holman Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.